Welcome to the show, Beauty is More Than Skin Deep, with your host, Dana Renee. In many cultures, the phrase, beauty is only skin deep, relates to a person's intellectual, emotional, and spiritual qualities. However, what most people are exposed to first is the physical beauty of a person, place, or thing. Today's topic is mind over matter. It's been said that where the mind goes, the body follows. Our guest today is Christina Calloway, who's a certified confidence coach, and she is here to help women and female athletes gain the confidence they need to reach their desired goals. Welcome, Christina. Dana, thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you with me. Thank you so much. So we're going to dive right on in, and uh, we'll start off by letting you just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. So as you mentioned in my bio, I am a confidence coach, and I do help women and female athletes. And how that came to be is I am a former gymnast. I was a competitive gymnast for over 10 years as a youth. And then after doing that, by day, I am, as a, as a full-time worker, <laughs> I, am, I coordinate the gymnastics program for my local parks and rec department. And I've been doing that for over three decades now. And, yes, I absolutely love it. I have this motto that I've never worked a day in my life. If I had to work, they would probably fire me. But I just love it so much. And as the years have evolved, I have just become known as that person who helps athletes break through fears, and mental blocks, and that actually happened unbeknown to me. I would get calls from parents, from moms, that would say, hey, I was recommended to, um, to you by a friend. My daughter's having some challenges with fears and mental blocks about skills, and I was like, oh, really? We would talk, schedule the appointment. They would bring their daughter over, and I would help, and that just kept happening and kept happening, and, of course, with my own athletes that I work with, I would do it unaware. And I have had clients to come as far as North Carolina. They would fi- drive four hours to come to me. And I thought, this is really wild, just something that was just happening. And then through my own life, as we all have, we all have histories and her stories, as I like to call them, mm-hmm. just through life events. And going through that, being a, being a former athlete and that perfectionism by the, that generated by the sport in and of itself mm-hmm. evolved these fears and mental blocks the sport naturally did. And what I've come to now know, just some of our own upbringing through our parents, not any ill intentions on their part, uh, I think just through what they knew to do and how they knew to raise us, and wanting us to be our best, just through some really good intentions on their part, it kind of created some of the um, fears. And so just learning about that and that perfectionistic attitude and being a perfectionist, it developed some of my fears that I gained as a woman. And then the gymnast, being a gymnast, it kind of recreated those. And so during the pandemic, when everybody was forced inside, my confidence coaching business grew to being a virtual 
business, and I picked up other athletes outside of gymnastics. And oh, wow. my confidence coaching business came to be. Oh, wow. Exciting. Congratulations. I think that's a beautiful thing to go from something that you enjoyed in terms of being an actual gymnast to it becoming something that you helped others with in terms of the coordination and, and helping them um, break through some fears and mental blocks. And as you said, it's it's more than, you know, if you had to <laughs> get paid for something, why not get paid for something that you love, right? That is absolutely the truth. <laughs> <laughs> so that is great. And um, sounds like it was it was it started out as just gymnasts, but then it evolved into to many more individuals, helping them to break through fears and mental yes. blocks. And um, yes. and as you were talking, it kind of sounds like as you're talking about the fears and mental blocks. You know, there's a big word, and I'm going to say, you know, the big T is what I'll say. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, we just say it's it's some of those things that you know you meant you reference his story and her story, but I would say you know it's it's some things maybe our life's experiences and and possibly trauma that we yeah. have experienced that could could I, cause those fears and mental. I would agree usually. with you. I agree. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree, Dana, with that. And I know that's my. I I can connect with that truth mm-hmm. in terms of when I speak about history or her story in my case, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when it came to identifying where some of my fears came from, Mm -hmm. it had to do, I was previously married and came through a a really bad divorce, one that Mm -hmm. I was not expecting when it happened. It just, well, I would say at the time I wasn't expecting it. (laughs) And so Mm -hmm. when it happened, it just, my life at the time seemed to be spiraling out of control. It was like all of a sudden, 15 years, and I'm facing a divorce. And it's like, whoa, what happens wow. now? Where do I go mm-hmm. now? And I, I, I share this too, and I will. I don't mind sharing it with your listening audience because it's something now that is part of my heart, her story. Um, as a result of my divorce, I attempted suicide and Mm. so having come through that um and facing the fear and what i will share with the audience is now that i do know that there are four core fears that they can kind of be categorized the Mm -hmm. fear of failure the fear of success the fear of disapproval or rejection Um, and the fear of losing control. And so now that I've done the work and being able to identify, you know, what am I so fearful of? Because I Mm -hmm. struggled with fear uh, uh, for the majority of my life, and most people meeting me would find that shocking to hear. I come across as someone being very confident, and that is not the case. I Mm -hmm. have struggled with fear. And so when I'm asked, well, which one of those cores do you identify with? Well, it just really depends on where, which chapter of my life you enter into. Mm -hmm. There were periods of time that I struggled with the fear of failure and the fear of success. And most people say the fear of success, well, how can that be a fear? It is true. There are 
um, what you would call um, high-impact women or women that are, you know, the, because we as women have high to – or <laughs> High achievers, yes. Mm-hmm. And so that expectation mm-hmm. of that, whether we're putting it on ourselves or whether society mm-hmm. is putting it on us, wherever it's coming from, it's mm-hmm. like if I can't meet the bar that is put there, then – I'm afraid that if I do succeed, then another bar is going to be put mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And so it's that whole fear of success. And, and then the perfectionist, I talked about that previously, that fear of losing control. Mm-hmm. So if I can't have control over the situation, then I'm, I, I become fearful. And so it just, again, depends upon where you enter into my life, which chapter of my her story that you enter into, it depends upon where you would find the failure. Now, when I'm working with my clients, um, most of my athletes will say it's the fear of failure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's some of the women that I've worked with, depending on which chapter I'm entering into, the ones who have that low self-esteem, the, the fear of rejection, disapproval, mm-hmm. um, it just kind of they kind of pop into the all four of those care uh, categories. It just really depends. Mm-hmm. Some of the students uh, athletes that I've worked with, it depends whether they are participating in their sport or whether they're in school. It could be the fear of disapproval or or rejection from their peers, and it just really depends. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting. So you talked about, and I'm sorry to hear about your divorce and even um, attempted suicide, but I'm sure that some mm-hmm. of those, you know, that, that attempted suicide was was a result of possibly some of those uh, core fears that you you, 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 you mentioned, um, failure, success, or the disapproval, rejection, or even losing control. Um, but what would you say in terms of how did, how did you climb out of that place of, of um, you know, you, you mentioned the different chapters. How did you... What tools did you um, use to, to overcome some of those fears and mental walks that you found yourself in? That's a great question. Uh, for me and my divorce, it was a fear of failure. I felt like I had mm. let God down. Mm. Um, and that was – so my faith is very big for me um, mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. in terms of my core strength. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of my top five. It's um, very important. So – in terms of tools, um, using tools to overcome your fears, I would like to say to your listening audience, number one, we're all a work in process. And I don't mm-hmm. use the word progress. Mm-hmm. I like to think of us being a work in process. We're going to always be processing through whatever it is we're going through. And just keep that mindset of you're passing through whatever it is you're in. You're mm-hmm. not camping out there. You're not building, you know, you're, you're not building, a, pitching a tent okay. there. You, <laughs> you are passing through. So we're a work in process. The other thing is it's a series of choices. It was a series of choices mm. during that dark moment. And mm-hmm. every single second, it was a choice. And there were literally times when it was a second by second, mm-hmm. by minute, mm-hmm. by hour, by day, by week, by month, 
by year choice. And I literally had to do it in those increments. I, wow. I, I couldn't think beyond that. And some, for sometimes it was seconds. And that was, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I was just, I had to serve myself that kind of grace. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, considering what the alternative that I right. had chosen right. was. Mm-hmm. And just mm-hmm. know it's a series, it's a series of connected choices. And in that series of connected choices, just understand that it's the power of that choice, of those series of connected choices. The other thing is the tools, when we're talking about tools and thinking of tools being in your toolkit, the other, the other uh, tool that's in there is having someone or someones to be accountable that I trusted, my family mm-hmm. and my therapist. Now, I know when some people think or they hear that word therapist, there might be a cringe or a twinge. And I want to kind of parenthetically put a little pin right here mm-hmm. and just let the listening audience know the difference between a coach and a therapist because they are not the same. I am a coach. And as a coach, I partner with my clients to work to clarify what their goals and help them to identify their obstacles and any problematic behaviors in order to create an action plan for them. Mm -hmm. And as a coach, I take my clients from their current starting point and we move forward. That's what I do as a coach. And there have been some instances where I have encouraged them or recommended that they see a therapist or contact a therapist. Now, a therapist diagnoses and resolves problematic behaviors and beliefs or relationship Mm. issues or feelings and sometimes psychological responses to all of that. So the idea behind therapists is to focus on past traumas and issues. So that's the biggest difference. A therapist focuses on the past, and a Mm -hmm. coach starts where the person is and moves forward. So I just kind of wanted, since I had just interjected um, about a tool being in the toolbox, is Mm -hmm. to partner or to have accountability um, with someone or someone. And for me, it was my family and and a therapist. That's beautiful. The next next tool in terms of overcoming... just after our break. Perfect. Thank you. Welcome back to the show, Beauty is More Than Skin Deep, with your host, Dana Renee. Our topic today is Mind Over Matter, where it's been said that where the mind goes, the body follows. Our guest today is Christina Calloway, who's a certified confidence coach, and she is here to help women and female athletes gain the confidence they need to reach their desired goals. Welcome back, Christina. Thank you, Dana. Thank you. So just before our break, we were going into some of the tools that individuals could use to overcome their fears and mental blocks, and we talked about it being a work in process and not a work in progress because it, it is a journey. And you mentioned that it's a series of choices that people make. But one of the biggest tools that you said was um, having someone or someone that you trust that can help you. 
And you kind of gave the difference between a confidence coach and a therapist, whereas a confidence coach helps the person clarify their goals and and, uh, continue on that journey of being a work in process, whereas a therapist deals with some of those past things. So you were going into the the other tools that could be used. Go ahead and tell us more about those tools that could be used, Christina. Absolutely. So the next one I used and put into my toolkit was my faith, Um, knowing Mm -hmm. that God has so much more in store for my life Mm -hmm. and that the amazingly and awesome life that he has for me, um, that I have to have complete faith and not allow my fear to make my decisions. Yes. And finally, there were some truths that I focus on and that I continue to focus on there inside of my toolkit, that I can't move forward while looking back, and that by meditating on obstacles only make them look bigger, mm-hmm. that my emotions are my teachers, and that inspiration won't chase me down. In other words, to be inspired, I have to seek inspiration out. And I can't control the thoughts that show up, but I can control the ones I entertain. Mm. That my words in and of themselves are tools. So I choose to speak positively. Mm Mm-hmm. And what is center in my life controls my life, so I keep God center. And lastly, to be unstoppable, I must master the moment, so I choose to always be present. Mm. That's beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. So a lot of tools that are used, and um, boy, that's, that's a lot. So you, for you, it's, it's really being, it sounds like you're more faith-focused and having that faith be larger than your fear and um, not looking back on the past, but maybe, you know, getting those lessons from the past and, and moving forward and knowing that your emotions are not your teachers, yet you're looking for the truth and um, mastering mastering your, um, I believe you said, match, was it mastering your emotions or, excuse me, mastering the moment and being present? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a, I think that's a beautiful thing. So for someone who is um, just in a place of, of, you know, wherever they are, where their mind mm-hmm. is, is boggled down by fear or by um, just looking back at the past and mistakes that have, you know, that were made or um, being caught up in their feelings, because I believe where your feelings are, the body kind of follows the feelings, you know. Um, it does, and they're not present in the moment. How can they? How can they pause and say okay, and, and, and kind of gain, get get a hold of where they are, and be more in the in the moment or be present? I'm I'm a big proponent of journaling or writing down thoughts, mm, and okay. so when your mind is doing that, ruminating is what I call it, and it's just playing mm-hmm. over and over and over that video. Mm-hmm. I encourage my clients, and we do what's sometimes called working sessions, just to kind of get it all out. And depending on who the client is, I customize it. I was working with one of my 16-year-old athletes today, and we did a working session. Um, she was working on being a happier person. And so she has just been writing a series of letters um, to individuals in her life. 
and just to get the thoughts out because they don't make her happy when she's thinking about them. And it's not Mm -hmm. necessarily that she's planning on giving the letters to anyone, um, but it's just to get it out of her head. And it's up to her whether she wants to share with me the thoughts that are in the letter, and, and she doesn't have to, but it's just to get them out. And what she's chosen to do with those letters is to um, shred. She writes them on different color paper because she's artistic, mm-hmm. and she shreds them. And she's keeping a container of the different letters that she the has a reminder colors. that. Wow. Yes. So as she has them all shredded in a jar, it's a reminder of those thoughts no longer control her. Mm, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Speaking of thoughts, would you say that everyone has, you know, negative thinking or what I've been, I've learned of it's called ANTS or automatic negative thinking? And it was so wonderful to say that. Exactly. I'm so glad that you asked me that question. So um, um, ANTS is a term that was actually coined by a, um, a psychiatrist from back in the 1960s. His name was Dr. Aaron Beck, and mm-hmm. he's actually considered one of the founders of cognitive therapy. And okay. so he is, um, it, was a, it was a term um, that was coined by him. And so here is something that is, to answer your question, that helps us to all understand what this automatic negative thinking is and, and how to put it down in perspective and how to help everyone with it. The average human brain does a lot of thinking. We actually think 70,000 thoughts per day. Wow. In a day's time, we, that's just an average. So some of us think more than that, okay? But that's mm. just an average. The majority of these thoughts are negative, seem to pop out of the blue. Here is the other thing. Um, there are two main reasons that we have automatic negative thoughts, okay? First, mm-hmm. let me just ease everybody's mind. We are, we are not crazy. We are not negative Nancys or negative Neds walking around here. Right. It, 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 we're not broken. We don't need fixing. This is, this is not – I mean, ease your thoughts right here. Um, <laughs> we're not beating ourselves up for having negative thinking. They serve mm-hmm. a purpose. They exist to keep us safe. So let's all take a deep breath. Yes. Our, what, what, what has been discovered by, the, by um, psychologists is our ancestors survived by constantly being on the lookout for threats, fixing problems mm-hmm. as, when they came up, and learning from their mistakes. So that's why we have these, these negative, automatic negative thoughts. So, and the other thing is, imagination is our has is the greatest capacity of our human mind, and we use it to imagine potential threats and problems, and it enables us to solve them before we even get in trouble. So it's autom- you know, it's like forward thinking. It's like the anticipation right. of what could go wrong, so that and we can flee from. and get out of the way. Right. right. So that that's a negative thought, though, if we are mm-hmm. honest about it. And so that's why it's not harmful for us to have it. The second reason that we have so many negative thoughts is that our negative thinking has become a habit because of what I just described. Wow. So that's wow. why it has become that, right? Mm-hmm. So here is when it becomes harmful. 
anything that is kicked into excess or overdrive and it causes chronic stress and it changes our brain, the chemical makeup of our brain, that's when it is in a harmful way. So for, for instance, you know, like the really feel-good things like the dopamine and the serotonin mm -hmm. and all of that mm -hmm. that we, we need, that we all like, and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. when, it is, when it's depleting those types of feel-good um, things in our brain and it's slowing down, like, the protein in our brain or it's shrinking the size of our brain, like our um, amygdala and all of that, Mm -hmm. or accelerating our brain's aging process, that's when it's not good. That's when it's kicked into mm -hmm. overdrive. So okay. why do they call them ants? Why are they calling, why do they call the, um, you know, why did, why did he coin it the automatic negative thinking? Um, it's because he became convinced that thoughts like I never do anything right or I'm such a loser – affect our overall happiness and mental health and even cause depression. Wow. So he had, there are such things that, now that was back in the 1960s. Now moving it up to our current, a, current day and time, there was another um, therapist by the name of um, Dr. Daniel Amen, like Amen, mm -hmm. um, and he just took up where he left off. Okay, and so he actually wanted to do more research on nine specific automatic negative thought patterns that we all need to watch out for. And mm. I don't know that we have enough time for me to go through all of them. Mm -hmm. However, I do want to point out some of them that we might be a little bit more familiar with. And one of them is like the black and white thinking using mm -hmm. words like always, never, and every, which is the hallmark of ant thinking, okay? Wow. Like catching yourself saying the next, you know, the next time you say, I'm never going to lose weight, mm -hmm. or you're always mm -hmm. late, or everyone under, un, or, you know, no one understands me, or, right. you know, everyone understands this but me. So mm -hmm. using those type of words. Wow. Um, are focusing on another, another ant is focusing on the negative, um, so this ant involves dismissing the good and focusing on the negative. So as someone once said, we can complain because roses have thorns, or we can mm -hmm, rejoice because mm -hmm. thorns have roses. Have roses. That's right. That's mm -hmm. right. Wow. Um, an so what another is, one. Is, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, go so ahead. So what is, what is one positive thing that you could say? Is there a positive out of that? Like what's a positive? How, how do you turn those negative and overcome those negative ants and turn them into a positive? So that's a really good question. So um, have, you, have you yourself ever said, oh, gosh, I need to, um, let's say, I, I need to go and I, I need to go and buy groceries. I need to go and I, I need to... Um, change my, I need to change my child's diaper. I need to go, you know, you use the word mm -hmm. need. Need to. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Or I need to. Simply uh, changing the word 
that need word out to I get to. Mm. I get to change my child's diaper. Even though as a, that's a very okay. unpleasant um, chore to do, thinking mm-hmm. of it that the fact that you get to spend quality time with your child, the right. fact that there are some people who can't have children, mm-hmm. the fact that there is a, that is a bonding opportunity, mm-hmm. um, there's the fact that there's so much involved. The right. fact that going to the grocery store, you get to go to the grocery store. The fact that you have resources to go to the grocery store and purchase and that there are homeless people who don't. Right, um, right. And so wow. it's just the perspective of what it does to your brain. Because if you think about it's, it's the um, obligation versus opportunity. So the word mm. need makes you feel obligated versus right. get to it's an opportunity. That's good. That's beautiful. So it's just a matter of changing a word, changing a word. And when you change that word, it changes your mind and, and what you're focused on. Yes. And it changes the chemical in your mind and it, it, mm-hmm. it exterminates the ant. Wow. That's beautiful. Beautiful. I wish we had more time, Christina. I really do. Uh, this has mm-hmm. been great. And I can tell you're definitely passionate about what you do and, and um, ways you're making a difference in others' lives. So I'm, I'm proud of you and happy for you to be able to still be here and not only um, overcome your fears and, and mental blocks, but being able to help others overcome theirs as well. So thank you for the work you do. Um, if there's someone listening who would like to uh, possibly utilize your resources as a coach, how would they go about um, reaching out to you? Or are there any closing thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners? There is. If there's one thing that I can leave with your listeners before I give you my social media, it's this. Fear is inevitable. It is not a stop sign. And Mm. so I would like for them to make the declaration that fear doesn't get to make the decision for them. Great. And so with that being said, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Christina Mindset Coach, and that's Christina with a C-H, I'm also on LinkedIn at Christina Callaway, that's with all A's, Life Coaching, LLC. And then you can also find me on my website at ChristinaCC.com, and the CC is for Confidence, confidence Coach. And if you're still wondering if coaching is for you, I do offer a free 30-minute discovery call for us to get to want, get to know one another and for you to ask me any questions that you might have, you would just go in um, through my website and book through my calendar. Great, great. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And you've heard us here. So stay connected or to find out more about Christina, you can visit her website at christinacc.com. You can follow her on Instagram at Christina Mindset Coach. You can also catch her on LinkedIn at Christina Calloway, Life Coaching LLC. So to stay connected with me, you can follow me on Facebook at Beauty is More Than Skin Deep. Remember, beauty is more than skin deep. It's truly in the eye of the beholder. Thanks again.